Hey, welcome back to the As You Are podcast. It's the third and final part of our series called Blessed Are Those, where we're taking a really close look at the Beatitudes. If you don't know what those are yet, go back to parts one and two. But today we're studying the final three, and we're going to talk a lot about what it looks like to put God first, make peace with others, and the fact that it's hard, but we are not alone. We're on Zoom, which is kind of <laughs> We have our worship nights this week in South Carolina at Columbia, or not at Columbia, in Columbia, at the University of South Carolina, and then North Carolina in Chapel Hill. And we're recording right now, which is so fun. I'm in a hotel room. Emily's at home. She's going to be making the trek up to Columbia this afternoon, but we're excited. And if you're listening to this, it, these are now in the past, which is on <laughs> We should pretend like it's Sunday morning when we're recording, but it's not. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, and we are so excited. Like, these worship nights have been amazing. I've been so encouraged. I mean, as you can tell by my voice, I am coming down with a cold, so it's definitely wearing on me, but in the best way. I feel like really filled up taking it home with tcu which is so fun we have not this coming week but the week after we'll be in texas yeah on the 25th yeah we cannot wait to see y'all there so yeah we're gonna wrap up this series studying the beatitudes which is a word that we've been teaching all over the past three weeks if you haven't listened to the other two this is it's definitely like a series you gotta listen to all of it so go back and check those out but before we get started Um, Anna, will you pray for us? I'd love to. Jesus, thank you so much for today. God, I just pray that you would um, use this time to grow our relationship with you. Would we walk away um, learning more about you? God, I pray that you would just author Emily and I's words. Would they be glorifying and pleasing to you? And I pray for each girl that's listening to this right now. Um, Would she just know that you are with her and that she's never alone? We just say we love you so much and we trust you. Amen. Amen. Okay. For the third and final time, I'm going to read Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for they so persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, I'm going to do a quick summary of what we've talked about. Basically, I have studied the Beatitudes before, which is this first kind of like opening paragraph of Jesus's longest sermon that's recorded in the Bible. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. We know that he's teaching a bunch of people and some of them are his disciples and some of them are, I mean, they're all different kinds of people in this group. And they were expecting for the Messiah to come and overthrow the Romans that were in power over them and 
the Jews had gone through so much oppressive leadership. They needed and wanted somebody to take care of them. And based on scripture, the Messiah was going to ride in and save them. And so I think they were expecting like a grand gesture or like he would literally like blow up the the Romans (laughs) and he comes out and this is the beginning of his ministry. And he says this, bless are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and keeps going on. We talked about how the poor in spirit actually, if you break that down, poor meaning needy, having spiritual poverty, like we need God because of sin. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Based on the sermon that I was listening to that was really helpful to me, mourning in this context means fully recognizing your spiritual need. So going one step deeper and realizing that you're poor in spirit, the meek are those who are submitted to God. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness practically seek his will. And then this last week we talked about blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy um, and what it looks like to seek God's level of forgiveness and kindness and grace. It's been like a class almost. And deep. Yeah, it's been very deep. And like, I like that. I think that's good sometimes. But Anna brought up something like right before we jumped on here that I think is so important. Like, the last thing that I think Jesus would like want us to read these words as is like a, a checklist, because if we see this just like a checklist, then we totally miss the relationship with God. These are like such, such important things to know and, and like such an, a cool way to engage with God based on what Jesus said is fulfilling but I just wanted to say that because I think you're so right about that, Anna. And I think if even if we, um, I, as humans, I think we have a tendency to think to, okay, well, what's the easiest way to accomplish this? And in all honesty, the easiest way would be like, I'm going to create a checklist. And that's what we've talked about the Pharisees who were the leaders of the law during Jesus's day, like that's kind of what they did. They created a checklist and a list of rules to live by so that they would be good enough. And what yeah. Jesus, when he came to earth, he took all of that and said, no, 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 you're, you're missing the point. Like all I want is a relationship with you. And the reality is that we are never able to live up to these. And so even as we're reading it, it's like, man, on our own, we cannot do that. Like, there's just no way. Like, we're all sinful. We're all selfish. We're all, like, I am not full of peace. I am not full of mercy. Like, my core is not that. But with Jesus, all things are possible. But it's important to highlight that as, like, I believe, at least when he's listing all of these things, he's not creating a checklist for us to live by. He's almost, like, highlighting, hey, you on your own, you can't do it. But with me, it's possible. And so we want y'all to hear like a relationship with Jesus is what's most important. And it's so easy to want to create a checklist, but even in our own lives, like how often do I 
check off like okay great I had a quiet time like literally I put that on my to-do list that's so humbling I haven't even thought about that I put it on my to-do list and I check it off and but that's not a relationship like we were talking earlier about how imagine if you had a friend that you like loved and just wanted to spend time with them and you could you can just tell that you're just kind of something that they're checking off for the day and that's so trying to get off the phone with you or like trying to leave (laughs) yes and that's so often how we approach Jesus and so we just pray that we would be humbled that y'all would be humbled and remember like hey it's not a checklist like it's a relationship and that is not that's something that's throughout our entire day not just 15 to 30 minutes in the morning and then we check it off and we're good till tomorrow morning like no that's not that's not what a relationship looks like. That's a job. And right, right. this is saying, Hey, I want to have a relationship with you. And the reality is too, like when we think about relationships and our friendships, like, I don't remember. I think it's like you become like the five people you spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I want to become like Jesus. Like how, why am I not spending the most time with him? You know? Yeah. Um, the reason why I really wanted to study this is because I've been a Christian for a long time, like since middle school, but I go through seasons when, because of my schedule and because of the checklist, it, it's harder for it to like penetrate my heart Mm -hmm. and to like actually go into the way I think and the way that I feel. And I find myself sometimes sitting in church and like hearing the information and I'm like, this is all really, really good. But like, I want it to connect with my soul. And when I started studying this again, I remembered, because it's so easy to forget. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And that was the first thing he said out of his mouth. The first thing we need to do is remind ourselves of our need for him. Because that's the catalyst for everything. Like, not only do we want to have a relationship with him, but we need a relationship with him because... Like in our own hearts, we're always going to lead ourselves astray. We're, and this is actually a good segue into what we're talking about today because the first one is blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And the pure in heart, I, I thought the way that that comes across could be like, oh, you know, like, oh, she's so pure, like, yeah. like that you are good. Like that your heart is pure because of your own goodness. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it translates in our culture and in our mind. Yep. But what he means here, bless are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So if you think about purity, a pure diamond has like no specs. It's like just that one material. Or like if you think about like, purity (laughs) this is so silly that I just thought about this but like purity before marriage is like you basically you save yourself for the one person so it's like purity is kind of like singularity or like like, pure gold there's nothing else mixed in it's just gold. the purity in heart that he's talking about is that your focus is solely on God we are going to talk the tiniest bit about idols basically idols are things that are usually good things that we end up putting before God. Putting too much of our value into. Yes. Then we start to idolize that thing. Right. And it consumes our time and our mind. And our identity. Mm -hmm. 
And even if you take God out of the equation and you just think about like, what am I, what are my most important things in my life? Like what, what are the things that take up the most of my time, attention, money, effort? I think that those, like I said, they're good things. We shouldn't feel like ashamed. God made us the way that we are because we have these like unique passions in our life and these unique values in our life. But if we're practicing purity of heart, we would basically be thanking God for those things, surrendering them to him and saying, show me how to first and foremost seek you. I actually wrote down some examples. Like I think that image can be a big idol, like how people perceive you, um, how you come across, how you look. I think success can be a huge idol because, I mean, in our culture, I feel like success is everyone's idol. Mm -hmm. I think that we all are striving for that. Think about everybody who works more than nine to five, like all of us do. And it's because we can't really imagine like not having that status. And then I think that relationship status, like love, can be an idol control or achievements. So again, like these things are are really good, but when they become the only thing you live for, they're essentially like a liability <laughs> in your life. And I think that's what God's saying more so than like, don't love anything else. I think he's saying, Hey, I gave you these things to love. Right. I made you this way. But if you put your entire identity and your entire security in this, when it changes, you will be left without your security. Yeah. And I want to be your security. Yeah. It's like every, I mean, the Bible tells us every good and perfect gift, gift comes from God. So like all of our good relationships, like for me, the ability to run, like I love running and it's a gift from God that I'm, my body is able to do that, you know? And, but it's so easy to put your identity in those things. And I think yeah. what you're saying is so true. Like all of those are going to change one day. I'm not going to be able to run anymore because I'm going to be old yeah. and, or might not even be old. I might get injured and I couldn't run or like even with, some of our like closest friends or closest relationships, like people change and that that's not bad. Like we all are going to change. It's just reality. But if you're putting your identity in whoever that person is right now, like five years from now, they're going to be somebody different. Right. But God is the only one who is constant and who is steady. And so therefore he is the only steady place to put our identity in because he's not going to change so much of anxiety and like fear is caused by feeling unsteady you know like uncertain and so like why would we not put our hope in what is certain which is god yeah. shortly after in this sermon he talks a lot about anxiety mm -hmm. and basically about how i will provide for you like the, my father in heaven will provide for you just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. It's very counterintuitive, mm -hmm. but for someone who struggles with anxiety, like myself, I need to pray over like, okay, so what am I putting my hope in that's not 
you or that's not of you that's causing me to fear losing these things or not having enough of these things. So anyone else out there who really struggles with anxiety, maybe you could join me in that prayer of just, um, God, we want to make you first and seek your righteousness and your kingdom first and then let everything else be added. So, yeah, I think that that is particularly cool because it says, blessed are the pure of heart for they will see God. We pray that he'll show up and like we ask him what he wants for us. And I I really, really like that. Jesus says, blessed are the pure of heart for they will see God. I find myself often praying, Lord, would you open my eyes to the ways you're working around me and open my ears to the things you're doing, like to the conversations. The reality is God is working and it's happening all around us. But more often than not, we just, our eyes are distracted and focused on other things. And so like praying for our eyes to be open to those situations is so important. And what Jesus is saying, obviously, is true because when we pray those things, like we will see him. It's guaranteed because he is working. He's all around us. We'll see him in the walk on our walk to class in the purple flat. Like I I love purple flowers. That's always been like a thing for me. And so anytime I see them, it's like almost a reminder of like, oh yeah, God's like here with me. And so maybe there's something for you. Maybe you can pray like, Lord, would you give me something to like hold on to, to cling to, to remember you. I love that. I love it so much. Um, okay. We have two more and actually these last two have less to unpack because they're just a little bit more straightforward, which we love a straightforward moment <laughs> for Jesus. <laughs> Seemingly more straightforward. I'm sure there's a lot to unpack that we are not going to unpack. Yes, yes, yes. We're not there yet. (laughs) Okay, this is blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. For me in particular, I feel really, really encouraged to, yeah, to to make peace. Mm -hmm. Truly make peace, not avoid, not like stuff things down or like sweep them under the rug but like to truly make peace um there is a passage a little bit later in this sermon where jesus talks about if you are at the temple about to do whatever you're about to do in the temple but then you realize that you have unfinished or like what is it like yeah like when you're up if you're coming before god and you realize oh well I haven't forgiven or I haven't right talked out like you're in a fight with somebody essentially what he's saying in that passage is like go to that person and make peace with them and then come to God like yep he's just highlighting the importance of peace and the fact that I think what you're saying is so true like making peace is not shoving something down and it's not fighting just to fight it's making peace in your heart it's making peace in the relationship like peace is a sense of calm and serenity and and like shoving something down I think it's really important especially for somebody I tend to just like gloss over things and be like okay I'm not I don't like to rock the boat but that doesn't mean that my heart is at peace with that person and that's really important too is like maybe you're not somebody who maybe you are somebody who's like I'm gonna confront this person until they agree with me but maybe you're more on the flip side of like I'm just gonna like 
quietly go about my day and not rock the boat. But ultimately, like your heart is still not at peace. And so God wants us to live in community with each other. And part of a way of creating lasting community is being able to make peace with each other, which is harder said. I think there's something about making peace that does have to be like person to person. And so, yeah, if you're an avoider, here's a gentle reminder that I do think making peace means more than just getting over it in your own heart. Like you have to make peace with the other person. And if you're a fighter, this is a reminder to take it to God first. And come to the person humbly. Like I think yes. my prayer is always like, Lord, would you humble my heart and help me see the ways that I'm falling short before I see the ways that they're falling short. And I think that's just so important. It's like anytime we're in a, any type of conflict is to come at it from a humble heart. Because yeah. ultimately, like if you come in gu- guns blazing and fists up, like the per- the person is probably going to either react similarly or avoid fine. from a place of humility, which is a place of peace and recognizing like, I also have fallen short or I also like peacemaking is really like apologizing and forgiveness. But I think that's so important too, is like, Lord, would you allow our hearts to be humbled and our minds and hearts to be at peace with the people around us? Like help us actually seek that. In order to truly make peace and do it from a good place in your heart, you really do have to recognize your need for God and be seeking him and his righteousness and like have mercy in your heart. And then you can be at this place when you're like seeking God to like truly make peace. Here's a couple, like a, just a little list of some examples of peacemaking. Um, initiating reconciliation, be quick to repent patience, gentleness, be quick to make peace with God, make peace with others and lead others to make peace with God and others. Do you want to read the last one, Anna? Yeah. Verse 10. Verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That one's not very fun. I mean, none of these sound like amazingly fun, but that one especially (laughs) is like, I don't get persecuted. Yeah. And I think what Jesus is trying to remind us there is like, hey, living this way is not going to be easy. And like trying to walk with him, there are going to be times when we're persecuted. And I think he's acknowledging the reality of that. But he's also not leaving us out on our own. Like he's saying, he's reminding us like there's more to life than just this life. Like there is heaven and eternity with him. And so like, blessed are you if you're persecuted because it's all leading towards heaven yeah and i think that a couple other words or like examples would be like anything from being looked down on to being made fun of to i mean people might be mean to you about it but luckily we live in time where in our culture we're not going to be like stoned or like, like we're not going to be killed for our beliefs. Yeah. I feel like in some ways, um, like the adversity that we face for pursuing our faith is like, it's not to minimize it because it can be so hard when people don't take you seriously or when people like 
roll their eyes at you or think that what you're pursuing is not worth it or not good enough or whatever. But he's saying, ultimately, I'm asking you to value something differently than your culture does. And so your culture is not going to understand. I think that it's interesting, though, that he says, blessed are you when you're persecuted. I think what he's trying to remind us is like, there's more to life than the people's opinions around you. All of these things are really hard to do on our own. (laughs) And ultimately, like, especially being persecuted is really hard to do on your own. And so Jesus wants to walk through it with you. He wants to be in it with you. And also I think the importance of community, like, it's so much easier to walk through something hard when you're walking through it with other people too. So like, we can't stress that enough, get plugged into a community, get plugged into a church, get plugged into a Bible study, like whatever it is, but find your people because we're not meant to walk through life alone. I really, really encourage you to read the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, especially Matthew 6 and Matthew 7. The Lord's Prayer is in there, which um, we actually looked through that with the seniors at UGA. And it was really good just to remind ourselves how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And we challenged ourselves to sort of take the different statements that he said and make them something that we could pray. And we prayed like that for this past week. And it was really helpful. Talks about anxiety. It talks about judging others. The golden rules in there. Um, it's really good. Y'all should it's read It's so good. So five I just through seven, five through eight. It's, it's five through seven. Um, like read through chapter seven. Yeah. But yeah, it's just really good. And, and we really encourage you to read this for yourself because like you can listen to us talk and speculate and you know like share our little thoughts about it but really ultimately we believe in the holy spirit in you and when you read your bible like he will reveal to you what you need to know what he wants you to know so thank you for letting us study this with you and anna thanks for skyping me this morning i'll see you in a few hours (laughs) no it's so fun We're excited, guys. This has been a fun little series, and we just pray that it would bless you and that it would be just a tool for y'all as you go through life, that you would remember that you're not alone and that Jesus is with you and that he wants to have a relationship with you, a true relationship, not a checklist. Yep. We love y'all. Love you. See ya. Bye.